Welcome to Own It. We bring together non-scientific thinking and practice on product ownership. So, what's on the news, Rick? Uh, this is the week of the seventh. I think the biggest news this week is the CFO from Huawei, the Chinese. When I, when I say the word Chinese, it's, I always have this very weird accent. This Chinese... When you say Huawei, it's so, like, so proper compared to when I hear it on the news. Yeah. Oh, well, like, Huawei. Yeah. Huawei. Yeah. So I think the proper pronunciation is Huawei. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally speaking Chinese. Um, so what happened was the CFO... Uh, of the company was visiting Vancouver. Um, there were some trade issues uh, in, in the world, I think. So Huawei, the company, uh, decided to trade or they had made trades with uh, Iran uh, or Iran. And apparently that's going against the... Um, the international trade agreement with the U.S. So, U.S. being the police, they are, and you know they're they're not happy with that. And just happened that CFO was in Vancouver. Um, the I think the local info, local enforcement in Vancouver apprehended the CFO and took the CFO in. Uh, I think they were they've already given the um, the person over to the U.S. So, arrested. You mean arrested? Yeah, and, and the I think the the weird thing is that, at least to me, and this might be my very first time hearing something like this, or at least something that really caught my eye in the news. Because you know, you you're a business person. You're you're selling your products and services to anyone you wanted. Uh, you never really, or at least for myself, I never really thought that. It, even though you're doing proper business trades, you can you can still get arrested for for something like this. Uh, so I think for people who didn't know about the news, um, it, Huawei is a company that sells communication devices, smartphones. So they have a lot of smartphones uh, in Asia. I believe they have one of the biggest inf- network infrastructure, at least in China. Um, they made their way into the North American market. Only in the recent years, um, but you know, the, just the number of handsets that they have available now, uh, the specs that they have is quite phenomenal compared to to Apple's and Samsung's, and so th- I think they're they're catching up. Um, so they're they're definitely uh, a company that's worth looking out for. Um, but I, I just think I just think that the the news itself is was interesting. You know, if I if I ever started my own company and if I run into issues like this, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. You go to jail. I will go to jail, and then like, hopefully, you know, Trump would let me go. I don't think he cares. I, I don't think he cares. Yeah. It's true. What are we drinking today? Uh, honey tea. Honey black tea. Honey black tea. No more whiskey. Yeah, no whiskey. Bang. I don't think it's a good idea to drink whiskey while we do podcast. Why okay. is that? <laughs> nah. <What? laughs> Let's not go into that. 
That's because one of us gets drunk and say things that they're not supposed to say. Um, okay, so I think we're second week. No, actually, we just finished first week of December. Um, a lot of things happened. So, what, second week at your new job? Retro, yeah, second week. So, but it's actually first week that it started working. Last week was just training, onboarding, paperwork. So this week it's it's different than what I expected because my team is mostly at a different location, uh, different office. How, how does that work? So I have a lot of meetings. Like all the design critiques and reviews are through meetings on uh, Zoom. And Zoom? Yeah, Zoom. Like Is that a Microsoft thing? No. Is a meeting thing. So, uh, what do people go to meetings? Yeah, I, I use things, that. Yeah, things like that. But we use Zoom. It sounds more cool. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's more accessible. I heard. Okay. So, so um, how, how how does the team dynamic feel like or looks like? Now uh, you guys are not in the same location. It's. I have to, kind of, guess what their vision is because you're missing a lot of facial expressions you don't know if they when they say something are they questioning or like you don't know just are by they, telling their tone are they serious or yeah, are, are they, they just serious? joking are they just joking or like are they making faces that you don't understand or like body body language that you can't it's catch. all missing right like yeah. it's not something that you can you can see through the webcam like even there's webcam but no one's actually using that. It's just mostly yeah. uh, voices, right? Yeah, just voice. I think I think I experienced that too. Um, the The place that I work that we have, we don't really outsource. We have a separate team um, in Italy, in Italy, and there's a six hour difference, and there's also a language gap as well. You know, like they they all speak English, not as good, but it feels there's always a gap somehow in communication. But so, so are your team members scattered across the world? Uh, so far, it's just US, Canada. Um, I suspect it will be later on, it will be in other parts of the world too, but I haven't had a chance to. I haven't dived into the project deep enough to talk to other team members. So, so what was one of the the big challenge that you, you you felt this week? Everyone's so busy. Like I, since training, I didn't get a chance to sit down with my manager to talk through my roles and the goals and yeah, the milestone to hit my career goals. So, so I'm so hoping that next week we'll do something because this week is just crazy. So it's mostly, so it's just mostly understanding what your direct, your, your direct supervisor want you to do, mm-hmm. um, and you know, collaborating with. I guess assume everybody's new. You're going back to a job that you, you had before, but this one is. It's a company that changed. In like, the last couple grew, of years. Yeah, it grew a lot. So I I won't say it's the same company or same team. 
So feel like you're just gonna treat it as a、I'll、as a new company. Yeah, I treat it as a new company anyway. Okay. So talking about roles. So this top this 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 topic、uh, today's topic is wearing multiple hats. Yeah. Do you feel like you're doing that even at the new even though this is only your second week? Um, not so much right now. I still feel like I am what、well, they want. A UI designer at the moment. Wait, are they looking to you as being the UI designer, or they expect someone else to to fulfill? I think the、that? whole team is mostly UI. There's, I haven't seen a lot of research going on yet. Although we are preparing for UX research, but I won't go go into that.、Um, yeah, compared to my last role. It's different. So, last company that I work at, I was working as a, I I got transitioned from a product designer role to a product manager role, and that gives me a, a quite different perspective of how to design. So, before it was more like screens. You know, you pump out screens and. Things that works and sells, and that's it. But after being a product manager for a few months, I realized there's a lot of company、um, company initiatives that you have to bring in as a designer as well. And no, you mean as a product manager or a product designer? Designer. So, like whatever you design. Has to fit the the market that you're designing for. I know it sounds like no brainer, but when you're on the job and you're being told to design a function or a feature, you probably don't have the time to think about all that, like the product roadmap and things like that. You just dive in and deliver and finish those screen in two days for a feature set. Hmm. So, 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 so having, having, but that that wasn't really for you to wear multiple hat. That was just a different perspective to how a product gets done. But when I got the product manager role,、um, I was. They told me that I should do some UX as well. Like, there's no harm in doing UX just because the design department is gone. So, so they want a product manager to do some design work. design work and take the initiative to to do product design. Okay, so so that that is it's like a mixed role kind of because product manager is that mixed role or is it two roles in one? I don't know. Right, because I think in in my in my career so far, I haven't seen a product manager that needs to pick up Photoshop. Or some kind of a screen design tool, and then and go to town and design something from scratch, right?、Mm-hmm. And then you know get people's feedback and and improve on it. That has always been a UI UX person's responsibility,、mm-hmm. right? But but as the product manager in in your last role, did did you find that having the ability to design screen? Uh, helps you get to 
helps you um, helps you communicate better. Uh, not necessarily communicate better, but you know drives a requirement better. Helps the recipients of these people that you work with understand your vision better. Uh, like uh, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? So yeah. it's, it's always faster for you to watch a video or look at a picture to, to understand what what the intention is. Yeah. But do you, do you find that do you find that's the case, or do you find that there's a bit of a conflict of interest in your own head? Uh, I think. Oh, I'm just trying to see the other product managers, their skill set and. Some of them do use like simple wireframe tool to get their point across. Mm -hmm. So even though they're not designers, they use the same set of tools. Okay. Um, what kind of tools? What kind of tools do do you guys in your last role? What tools did you guys use? Well, the other product managers use Balsamic, and I use Sketch. And yeah, some some just use paint and like cut and paste and draw boxes and arrows everywhere. I'm really good with paint. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, I know. There's a lot of people who are really good with paint. <laughs> They're so quick in drawing arrows and rectangles. But but everywhere. but these are just tools, right? It, it helps you accomplish the same thing. Yeah. But when when you go through the the process of just designing a screen, just a simple wireframe for a screen that you need to build with your team, yeah. right? The, so the point I'm, I'm trying to ask is you being the designer and you have a designer background and you design a screen while at the same time you're wearing the product manager's hat where you're almost like self-approving your own work. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there, there's, there's almost like, oh, I have one less gate that I have to <laughs> pass. Yeah, I have to pass or I have to worry Whatever about. Whatever I say, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you act, did you actually felt that way? Yeah. <laughs> so so that's good, right? <laughs> I think that's good. That's good. You it, broke it, down it, one barrier that yeah, you don't have no to worry silo. about. There's no waiting. You just like build it. This is what I say is what, was, right. There's was, no user testing. There's nothing. Was there any consequences that you felt down the road? I was in that role for so short, like three months. So I don't feel any consequences yeah. i don't enjoy that role to be honest so so here here's my my feedback to you on that right um actually it's not not so much of a feedback i think sometimes i go through this at work as well when when you have the capability of wearing multiple hats or absorbing absorbing multiple roles to do your day job to, to do your daily activities um, I find that you're you're essentially talking to yourself the whole time, right? Because the only person you have to convince is yourself, whether your idea makes sense or whatever that you're putting down on paper makes sense. And what I found doing that was, yeah, it, it's quick. It's quick for you to get to a result, but the result is never quite positive, at least not to the way that you that you really wanted it. Right. So, for example, um, you know, I they, it wasn't it wasn't me, but more of a, a previous team that that did this. They they dreamed up a, a solution 
and they don't have anyone to bounce the idea off of or get quick responses or get quick feedback. And so they went ahead and, and built it. Uh, developer put in their hours. Uh, it took it took a while, um, but they they got it built. But because they don't have that feedback loop that a product team should have, whether it was internal, whether it was you know interpersonal, or if it's cross teams or cross the organization, when you are building stuff in silo, I think it's the same analogy, right? If you if you as a person, if you build it in silo by yourself, you don't even know if you are going down the right path. I agree and disagree. Right, and so, so my what happened at the end was um, that part of the that part of the function or that that part of the feature for the entire platform took a good six to eight months to build, rebuild, rebuild, rebuilt, and that cycle just kind of kept on going because no one really spent the time going back to the original design and questioned it, right? Like the fundamental stuff, like the 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 foundational work, if it was questioned since if it was questioned and validated during day one, uh, a lot of rework could have been avoided. But it could be, even though you have multiple people giving you feedback, it could be they're all drinking the same Kool Aid, possibly, and, and, and you can't really validate anything. Yeah. Okay. And also, if you're one person, you have to do diligent to go and do some. Some validation yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think whether you have a one team, one person team, or multiple people team makes a difference. It's just what you do. Yeah. And the team dynamics. So with the with the lean or the extreme programming uh, methodology, right? It's always um, have a smaller team so that you can move faster. Right. So that that has always been. That's, that has always been the, the kind of the idea behind Agile. But one, one fundamental difference is that, yeah, you can move fast, but you need to have proper feedback system, right? Mm-hmm. You, need to, you need to demo your work to different sets of user base so that you can get uh, different flavors of the responses just so that you know you're, you're covering your bases. Um, but I think where things kind of fall short, especially for a lot of small to medium sized companies where they don't, they just don't have the resources, the money to hire for uh, people with the right skill sets. So I think as a result, it's almost like, I'm pretty sure whoever is listening to this podcast and they had done, they've been through a startup company, they know exactly what we're talking about. And, and I think that if the company has the resource or the money to hire more people they build you, better product they build not necessarily a better product but they, they face a different kind of problem right like you said they, they could be drinking the same kool-aid just so that you know people kind of agree to the same thing but they deep down they don't really care they just want to go with the flow right uh but but i think the culture has to foster it the culture in the company foster enough not for the sake of arguing but just you know challenge people from a different perspective to say hey have you considered this mm-hmm. you know has ha, has your user base ever raised concern about certain things in, from certain angles i think having having those different point of view helps build a build a better product 
Yeah. So I think for my current job, we do have that. Like my manager is really good at、um, challenging you at the stuff that you design、mm-hmm. and giving feedback. Not a lot of feedback right now, but I can see him take take that initiative.、Mm. So, so that's good. I think having you know different hierarchy, different layers in the organization should certainly help.、Uh, should certainly help. Yeah.、Um, I have one question for you though. If now now you are a what a UX designer. Well, my title is UI UX, but I always reverse it. I say UX UI because I, I, experience I, is more important than yeah, how it looks. Because I don't want to build screens; I want to build products. So, I emphasize emphasize on UX. Do you ever wish that you had certain skill sets that a typical UI UX person wouldn't have? Um, what do you mean a typical UI UX person? You mean there's a lot of different people come from different background that、um, is into UI UX.、So. When I say different skill sets, it will be more、uh, responsibility that falls on someone else's lap, right? So I'll give you an example.、Um, as a, as a Product owner, product manager. I wish I have the skill set of a graphic designer. Why is that? Because I wish I could I could draw beautiful things, <laughs> whether it was on a white napkin or on MS Paint. Yeah. Right. So, not necessarily wearing multiple hats, but just having the the insights to how things are designed. Right. Definitely helps me get a little ahead of my own game. Right. So I I can before I go to A workshop to go through my user stories,、um, or kind of demonstrate my my ideas on what I want to build. I could I could have walked in instead of giving a piece of paper with a bunch of sentences on it to describe my my user scenarios or my business scenarios. Draw it out. Yeah, I, I I wish I have the ability to just draw it out, right? Lay out the、uh, you know the buttons. It may not it may not look proper. Right, because I'm definitely not educated in that. I think you just have to do it. Like, doesn't matter. Just draw it out. It doesn't matter if it looks ugly. Just boxes and lines. Like, yeah, I know. I, I know. I know. I, I'm. I'm not disagreeing with you that I should do that. Yeah. But I'm just saying that, you know, as a product owner, a product manager, I wish I have that part of me being able to do a bit of a wireframe work. We use Corel Draw. <laughs> oh, that was so long ago. But but you know what I mean, right?、Yeah. Like having the ability to do just simple wireframe to convey my ideas and help paint the stories. I think that's a, a skill set. I think complements a product manager, product owner. I, I can I can think of so many different things. Like you know,、um, wireframe is one thing that I really want to do. Data analytics, something else I want to do as well. I want to be able to query、um, uh, MySQL server like there's no tomorrow. I want to be able to do all the joins, but you know, like that that would definitely help me understand how the data are are 
sort of structure. Then you should join my last company and be the product manager. That's all we do. No, but like, <laughs> but this is just like skill set. I think to me that are nice to have. Mm-hmm. Right, it'll help me get ahead of my own game, but it doesn't necessarily makes me a better product manager, even if I knew all of this. Mm. Right, I think at the core of a product manager, I still have to be very good at tracking my business requirements. You know, prioritizing my backlogs, my my roadmap, and all that stuff. I think just having these will help me accelerate my day to day tasks. Right, kind of kind of like that the idea I was talking about. Like in my head, I'm it's kind of uh, it's almost like I want to pass through gates myself, but at the same time, I'm looking for uh, validation from my peers and from different groups. Mm -hmm. I like I want to show them I can do this as well. Mm-hmm. But again, that, that, might, that just be might be a bit over ambitious from my side. Like I need to put trust in my own team. I do trust them, but I feel like if I can do part of their work, it can help them accelerate as well, so that they don't have to start from scratch. Anyways, so that, that's just that's just my feel. I think having multiple wearing multiple hats at times is great because you can at least I think I can help the team accelerate, right? But uh, so I want to go on to the flip side of that. So the I've been through a lot of small companies, startups, small to medium-sized companies. Some of them were pretty successful at the end. Some of them didn't even pass through the you know first couple of years, and then it all just kind of fizzled out. Um, one thing that I I feel like I'm going. I'm contradicting myself. Having a small team where people wear multiple hats, they're doing many, many things at at a time, but they're not doing great things all the time. And matter of fact is they're doing shitty things all the time because they can't focus on a specific area that they're supposed to focus on, Mm -hmm. right? Imagine, imagine I actually hone in on my skills and I, all day long, all I do is wireframing mm-hmm. as a product manager or product owner. That'll look pretty bad, right? Because a product owner, your, your role is not supposed to be like that, right? Imagine that I took on testing and testing all, all day long. I, all I do is testing, right? I'm, I'm not a proper QA, even though I have the background in it. I will never be as thorough as what a what a keyword is supposed to be, right? So I think wearing multiple hats versus having multiple set of skills that complements your role is two very different things, mm-hmm. right? I think having the the ability to encompass different skill sets from different disciplines is great, but I don't think you need you. you no one is in the right position to ever exercise those disciplines as your sort of your daily main task. I think that that's where things will fail. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Yeah, I agree. That's why when I started this job, I kind of have like, what's my goal in this position? Like, what's one thing that, like, like an anchor point? Like when I feel like, oh, I can go do some data analysis, I have to pull myself back and say, that's not my role. And how how is that going to help me do the design work? Mm-hmm. So do you, do you feel like there is, you still need to draw the line 
that boundary that of, you know, even though I can do data analytics, I want to stop at a certain level, I guess. I don't, I'm not sure what the right word is. You want to stop at a certain range where, you know, you're not doing other people's job. Yeah. Or even though I am using my skill set, like as a, I don't know, someone looking through the data and trying to find patterns, my main goal in doing that, like what do I get out of it? I have to come back to the user experience side. Like what what I'm doing has to help me understand the user problem. So remember what your core responsibilities are, right? Yeah. And that's hard. It is hard when there is no job description. <laughs> Let's go back to episode one if you want to be. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think, I think for me, this past week has, has, has kind of helped me revalidate it my my position at work Sorry. right the 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 problem that i still see day to day is everyone's trying to do many many things at a time uh a good buddy of mine uh at work paul um he he's a great guy very enthusiastic very very positive very energetic love the guy work i love working with him um you know like i i see him I see myself in him and I, I think I see him a little bit in me as well, which is, you know, it's, it's odd. Like I, I feel like I'm always a pessimist at work. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not really positive nor energetic. Not sure why that's the case, but I think that's a different problem that I need to solve. But, you know, like him and I, we care so much about work and we were very passionate about, whether a company is successful or not, right? And then so we we often wear different hats, not because the management require us to, but because we simply don't have the resources in those areas. You know, whether someone left the company or you know, there's a there's a gap in the in the resources that we have to fill, and what we naturally end up doing is we you know what let's not wait for them to hire those people. I'm going to wear their hat right now and just do what we have to do. Paul and I came from uh, a company that we used to work at. It was a startup company which turned out really successful at the end. Um, and what we used to do was we we do each other's job, right? If we are missing project managers, then we, we wear the project manager's hat. If we are missing QAs, one of us will have to wear the QA hat and just keep going with it. And then until stuff were done, whether it was done right, whether it was done beautifully at the end, you know, that's for someone else to, to, to justify and evaluate. But, you know, like what I'm trying to say is people get burned out quite quickly because of wearing multiple hats and not doing a good job at it. And there's always, um, people always come back and say, okay, I wish I had done better if I had more people, if I had more resources that had the right skill sets. Did I go off on a tangent? Probably. No, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Want to switch topic a little bit? 
you mentioned something before I was trying to recap. Um, oh, what? yeah, something came up in my head. You, um, you mentioned that there's diversity in the team. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just reminded me that there's a book that I really want to read, but I haven't had the time to read it yet. What's that book? It's called The Diversity Bonus by Scott Page. How great teams pay off in the knowledge economy. So I'm hoping that this book will like talk about how organization share, like people with different backgrounds share knowledge and how, what's their style mm-hmm. of sharing their knowledge. Um, maybe that could help us solve this Multiple skill set, multiple hats. Should we Thank find you. time to read this? Maybe you can tackle the first couple of chapters and I'll read the second half of the book. <laughs> missing, missing, I don't know. Yeah, maybe just skim through it or like, we'll find time to read it. I, I don't want to give us homework yeah. for podcasts because, you know. I'll, 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 read, s- I'll read it and I'll let you know what it's about. <laughs> no, no, but that's, that's not fair because I, I want to I contribute on some of the knowledges too. I think even though we do retrospective for our, our day-to-day life throughout the week, um, I still a strong believer that we need to continue to educate ourselves. You know, reading books, you know, reading journals online, reading news. News is always one very good avenue to learn more new things. Um, you know, like we'll go to conferences, which we used to do. I think that's that's great as well. Um, yeah, what were you going to say before you were going to change? I topic? was I was going to change topic to talk about the tools that we use at work. I don't know if you want to <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> you know about the tools that I use. Yeah, okay, I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't like ninety percent of them. Yeah, you go ahead. So, the company that I work at right now. Um, we are, we are very non-Microsoft. <laughs> I don't even know if that's even the right thing to say. So Linux? yeah, so we, no, 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 not in that sense. We, we use, uh, a lot of Google services. So we use Gmail, we use Google calendar, we use, uh, drive, we use Trello is not bought out by Google yet. Right. I don't know. I use Trello. Okay. Uh, Lucichar is definitely part of the Google suite. Google Analytics, we use that as well. Um, so those are the all the Google products that we use. Uh, and then I also use Trello. I use Slack. Right? Yeah. Tre- Trello is not. Oh, okay. Yeah, but so I use Slack. This is more for internal communication. Some of the clients that we work with, it's also on Slack as well. So you can actually create like a common channel for the two companies to go on and and, and collaborate. Uh, we use Smartsheet. This is more for project management, kind of like Microsoft Project, but everything's online and it's not very smart. Uh, we use GoToMeeting for conference calls and screen sharing. Uh, we use Zendesk for any type of support tickets. So if we, we've onboarded a client, we launch the platform or program for them, uh, we set up Zendesk with uh, dedicated email addresses for them to submit requests or whatever. Um, we use Confluence, and I use Confluence a lot just to 
by business requirements, user stories, uh, stuff like that. I also use Utrack. It's kind of like Jira, but um, it's not as pretty. <laughs> uh, but it's essentially, you can create tickets, you can create tasks, you can create bugs, and then you can create different sprints. It keeps track of it. Uh, last tool that I kind of uh, like, we we typically use is called MailTrap. It's a um, uh, for I think for anyone that wants to test emails on their SaaS platform, um, MailTrap is a great tool. Essentially, it's a it's a catch-all uh, SMTP service. So any email that gets sent out will land in uh, MailTrap instead of going out. So this one will kind of keeps your gradings of your of your email uh, cleanness in in in, the, in so stop it from going to the public. Um, that's pretty much it. Do you use any of those tools? We use Confluence. Uh, not the other ones, though. Not Gmail, definitely. Um, but Google Analytics, no, not so much. They, I think they build in their own analytics stuff. I haven't gone far into like poke around with the data team yet. I don't mm. even know where they sit or which office they're in. I think um, it will be good for you to learn the tool sets as well. Yeah, I found some decks just by poking around. But <laughs> um, but do you find that there's all these tools, they have like marketplace to integrate with each other and plug in each other and you can just go to one place to do all those tasks? No, I think the one that... Um, for the most most of the tools here have some level of integration, like you said, plugins. Um, but that's only to facilitate the communication between the apps. Um, I think the only one in here that has the most diversity in terms of functionality is Google Drive, because there are there are different file types that is supported. Uh, it has its own. It supports a lot of different programs that were processing spreadsheets. Uh, their own power, their own version of PowerPoint, um, and you know the diagram drawing thing called Lucid Chart. Um, now you can put that into Confluence as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So once once you created all this, you know, like if you were writing your user stories in Confluence, you can actually attach them in there directly, and they will, it's, it works seamless as well. So I think it's all these are good tools, but I feel like there's just so many apps. So many apps that a typical person would have to use. And they keep changing, updating, or bought out, or like closed down, some of them. Yeah. Not, not these ones, but. Like, like I think for for a designer like you, you use Azure. You can also use Balsamic. You can use Sketch. Yeah, you can there's, use there's there's so many tools out there just to do the same thing, right? And they're competing. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, one thing I didn't mention was XD, Adobe XD. Oh, I started I using it. it. <laughs> it's not intuitive, right? No, the feature, like, it's, Is it lacking? it's so, so not useful. <laughs> not, useful, so in, not in, useful in what sense, though? Like, you create a prototype. I would expect it to resize at least to the browser size. Like scale it, it doesn't. Um, 
commenting. Like if you do the thing on full screen, the, the comment is gone and you can't get back into non-full screen mode. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Maybe I'm so used to Envision app and all the features that they have, and I'm trying to find those feature in XD. Mm-hmm. But it's not, not there. there, right? Yeah, because I I don't know how. How long has XD been around? I feel like this is a very new tool. Maybe because when I was in when I was in consulting space, I've never heard of XD. Envision was one thing that we use every single day with Sketch. Yeah, right. But XD, I feel like it's new. It it is kind of new, and it looks like Sketch, kind of, kind of, but not really. It definitely doesn't have all the features. But for okay, so to you may not be useful. For me, as a person who's trying to tap into my inner, beginner my my inner art <laughs> artist side of myself, it was it was great. I can just download a template for all the web components, and yeah. then I start a new page, and I can start layering things out. Yeah, definitely better. It's than pretty sex. It's pretty sexy, though. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Um, so, what do you? What, what's your thoughts on having all these tools? I feel like there is definitely an overabundance of them and there isn't a there isn't a go-to place where you you say, okay, as a product manager, these are only tools I need. But I feel like that list of tools is constantly expanding. Right. And today it's Google Analytics, but tomorrow it may be like the the Adobe Analytics. Like it's a completely different set of tools. Right. But even though they achieve the same thing. Yeah. I think where where the where we need to kind of dissect this is, you know, for a certain industry, you may have to follow a certain set of tools. But I think more importantly is knowing what your team is already using and see what they're so one understanding what they're using and two kind of challenge them and to see if there's better tools out there. That's what we're doing right now. Oh my god, everyone uses a different set of tools. And when you try to pass on work to each other, it's a nightmare. Mm. So we try to consolidate to just one tool and standardize it. All right. So um, again, we're not trying to keep our podcast for too long. Um, so today we're at what? 40 something minutes? minutes. So, okay. So we'll, we'll keep it like that. So we'll come back next week for... Oh, next week. It's exciting. We have our first guest. Oh, yeah. That's right. Is it next week? Yeah. I think it's next week. So next week, we're going to uh, invite a good, very good friend of ours. Uh, she works in New York. Uh, she's been through several different... Pre- they actually they are pretty yeah. cool companies, yeah. right? Um, and we're going to talk about... Meeting etiquettes. Meeting etiquettes. There will be swearing. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there will be. I, I don't even know if I will be able to contain myself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just thinking about it right now, I'm just, it's all boiling inside. Um, okay. So, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, if you guys have any comments or feedback, uh, if you're on Anchor, you can leave voicemails, I believe, um, voice messages, and then we'll, we'll listen to them. We'll, We'll comment, we'll respond back, and we'll, we'll talk about them on our next week's episode. Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm. Do we have our own link now? I'm not sure. I think it's anchor.fm slash own it. 
Okay. I think that's our that's our dedicated link. Um, our our podcast is also available on all the other podcast platforms that you can probably think of out there. Um, so no, no, it's Angela. Oh crap! <laughs> it has its own dash it. Okay, so that's okay. So it's anchor.fm slash own hyphen it. Um, so if you guys want to find us, that's where we will be. Uh, I think we still need to build our site, right? I don't know. We don't need a site. I think we need one. I don't need I think having a site is you good. You design it in paint, okay? Uh, okay. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us some feedback so we can make the podcast more enjoyable for you. Tune in next week for more on it.